The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Understanding Business. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, and today is July 9th. 2015, we are going to be looking at a brand new book by author Jillian Zoe Siegel, and that book is called Getting There, a book of mentors and New York characters, and um, it's a great book. It's just really, uh, I can't say enough about the book because what she does in the book is she takes a look at all of these successful people, and I'm talking about big name people. Uh, for example, she interviews Warren Buffett, Kathy Ireland. She interviews uh, Ian Schrager, Anderson Cooper. Uh, I mean, uh, just Jeff Kinney, a ton of people. And it's, you know, even Michael Bloomberg, uh, he got an interview. And it's really amazing because she went in and uh, persevered to get these interviews. And she sat down with these people and she asked them key relevant questions about their success, and what created their success, what led to their success, what were some of the elements that led them to be as successful as they are. And like we all know, for example, Warren Buffett is one of the wealthiest men uh, in the world, and Michael Bloomberg. And these are, these are people that you look at them now when they've reached that pinnacle of success, and you think to yourself, well, they just sort of stepped into it. They walked into it. It must have been easy for them because, you know, Warren Buffett's got a private plane and he can do whatever he wants and he doesn't have any worries about bills and, boy, that life is, is easy and lucky and I wish I had that too. But the backstory is really what's the compelling part about some of these most successful people's lives. And that's what this book is about. Uh, it is a, uh, like a 200-page book. And it's really nicely laid out because it is sort of right to the point, straight to the point. So you'll get a chapter about a particular individual, Warren Buffett, let's say. And, you know, within a couple pages, you are done with his interview and you move on to the next person. And for people that have either short attention spans or you just don't have a ton of time. Um, now, I always say you should make time to read books because that's how you learn. As a matter of fact, I believe it was Warren Buffett who, um, who said that you should read 500 pages a day. Uh, but the point is, is that you can get through this book relatively quickly and you can just pick up very valuable lessons. And, you know, I have reviewed a lot of books in the past, especially business books and success-based books. This one is so well-written, number one, easy to digest, number two, and it asks the questions that I would want to ask if I was sitting in front of Anderson Cooper or Jillian Michaels or Warren Buffett. I would want to know how they made it, what struggles did they have, and what lessons can I learn from them. 
you know, that's why this show is hopefully helping people because we try to answer those questions. You know, I want to address what makes people successful. How can you take your life, your business, and uh, or your career and make it more successful than what it is right now? How can you find that passion, that thing that drives you, and that sort of motivates you throughout your life? Because a life without passion is really not worth living. And what this book does is it really puts you right next to some of these these celebrities, but wealthy, successful individuals. So I, I read the book in, in one sitting and was sort of captivated by the stories that these, these people tell. And Jillian does a really good job of just getting to the point. Now, you know, I think getting to the point can be so helpful in a book like this because a lot of times books have a ton of fluff. And by the time you get to the relevant core, the part that you really want to read, the part that's going to give you the information. And again, you know what? This is a different type of read. I'm not talking about reading a novel where you want to get lost. This is, I want to build success and I want to learn from some of these people. I wish I was sitting there with them. Here are the questions that I would ask. That's what this book addresses. And, um, and, and so I have found it to be uh, very, very good, good read and worth adding to your library. Now, the book's available on Amazon. Um, and you can see, if you look at the Amazon page, there's a, a cover shot of the book, just how many people she interviews. Uh, John Paul uh, DeJoria, he is um, extremely successful, but had a very difficult start making it. And in all of these people do. And that's sort of the uh, interesting part about this book, because for example, you take somebody like Jillian Michaels. Jillian Michaels, you know her. She's uh, one of the country's top physical fitness enthusiasts, fanatics, trainers. She's been on, I believe it was The Biggest Loser. She has her own line of uh, supplements and, and exercise videos and, and DVDs and um, coaching. And she's just, everybody knows who she is. But she was bullied when she was in school as being a fat kid, as being somebody that was a loser. So you learn about her struggle in the book, and you learn how she managed to persevere and to develop into the, the successful person that we see today. So what I want to do is I want to talk about some of the main themes that run throughout these successful people's lives. And instead of getting into each individual person, that you can read the book for that. Uh, I'll put a link to this book on utlradio.com. So if you're interested in picking it up, it's available for Kindle uh, <clears throat> or it's available in hardcover. That link will be there on the website and you'll be able to pick it up and, uh, and check it out for yourself. So I don't want to get into the individual stories. I'm going to leave that to Jillian to tell that story. But I want to talk about some of the over, uh, overlying or underlying themes to success of some of these people. And, and by far, the first key to success is hard work. And we've talked about this on the show before with other guests, and um, all of them, like last week we talked to Lee Cockrell, the former vice president of, of Disney World Resort, and, and he said, I got to where I, I am in my life through hard work. He did not have um, a, a great education, he wasn't a super-duper 
smart student. He didn't go to college. He didn't have a, you know, a silver spoon in his mouth. He wasn't born with a ton of money or with a very influential family. He worked on his parents' farm. He was a uh, what we would consider a blue-collar worker. And he credits a lot of his success to that hard work that he had to do as a kid. So if you look at, at this book, Getting There, that, that for me is the main takeaway that I can, I can pull out from all of these successful people. Hard work is key. And a lot of times people will say to me, well, I work hard. As a matter of fact, we had a, a question that I think I want to address now uh, instead of later because it, it really does deal with this issue of hard work. This question was asked by Kevin from York, Maine. So first of all, Kevin, thank you for submitting your question. But, but here's his question. He says, I have a job that I'm not passionate about, and I have this vision of starting an online business. I want to write uh, ebooks and sell them. I work hard and follow examples of others, but I'm having trouble building any momentum. What advice would you give me in, in you know, this endeavor? So I think, first of all, it's a very good question because a lot of us, I think, struggle with the same thing. But what we can extract from this question is a couple key points. First of all, he says clearly here that he has a job that he's not passionate about. Now, I think that the theme throughout the book being my, my main takeaway being hard work, I think the next most important element that I see from these successful people is hard work and then passion. So there's no point in working hard if you're not passionate about something. In fact, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're not going to want to work hard. So they go hand in hand. And so back to Kevin's question, when he talks about not having passion for his job, that's a red flag for me. And that says, okay, whatever he's doing, I don't know, it doesn't say, but whatever he's doing, that's not something that he is going to ultimately be super successful in because he does not have any passion for it. And there's a lot of times in life where we go the traditional route, we go to school, we get a job because that's what we think we're supposed to do. We don't like the field we're in, and we just become stagnant in our lives because of fear, because of um, people telling us things that, that you know, we take to heart, like, you can't do it. Here, you know, you're an accountant. That's what you do. That's what you went to school for. You can't go now and switch careers. And that's a lot of nonsense, but that's a lot of the garbage that we take in and we focus on, and it prevents us from being brave enough that chance. Okay? So this idea of hard work and passion working hand in hand, I think is critical. So we've got Kevin here who's working towards building this online business, apparently on the side while he still has his full-time job. And he says he's been modeling other people, and he wants to write a book, write some e-books and sell them, and he's not having any success, so he's looking for some advice. First of all, I think taking a lesson from uh, Jillian's book, Getting There, I think that the key, the first key that you need to be aware of is that it's going to take hard work. There is absolutely no substitution for hard work. There's no substitute for it. And I think people get caught up in it because it looks easy. It looks easy. I look at Jillian's book, and 
I see the people that she's interviewed. And I say to myself, that looks easy. And I think a lot of people will have that same reaction. Oh, that looks easy. I could do that. Well, then why don't you do it? The reason most people don't do what they want to, you know, or, or what they're passionate about, what they want to try to succeed in, is because of fear. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, um, fear that it's going to change the comfortable dynamic of their lives, even if they're not thrilled with their lives as they are right now. And I'll, I'll touch on that in a second, but I think when you look at somebody who is successful, the first thought most of us have, and it's not a good thought to have, but most of us have the, the thought that it's easy. They knew the right people. They stepped in, in the, into the right circles, and that's how they did it. Well, it is true that some of these successful people, like Michael Bloomberg, for example, did meet with the right people. But if you read the book, Michael Bloomberg talks about how he was able to get into these circles. And it wasn't by luck. It was by taking a cup of coffee, one for himself and one for his unknown guest, walking around the halls of Merrill Lynch and then bringing someone this cup of coffee and saying, here, I have a cup of coffee for you. You know, can I, can I bend your ear for a few minutes? And he was able to develop these connections with people, these interpersonal relationships that helped him down the line because as much as we are all, you know, an island, right, or at least that's how some of us think, oh, I'm an island unto myself and I don't need other people. The fact is you do. You can't do things in this world alone. You need people, whether it's you need customers, you need clients, you need colleagues, you need people. We all do. And that, for me, is something that you need to change if you're focused solely on being your own person, doing things for yourself, and not getting involved with other people not helping uh, or not having them help you because we all need people, and that's that's something that's important. But hard work and passion require commitment. It's It's one thing to say you're passionate about something. It's another thing to be passionate about something. Think about your lives and think about a time when you were going to be doing something that you were so excited about that you couldn't stop thinking about it, that you, know, you just threw all of your free time and effort into it. It could be anything. It could be a party that you were throwing at your house. It could be um, a, a, a new relationship that you were developing. It could be a product. It could be a company. Whatever it is, there are times in our lives where we have all experienced such a deep level of passion about something. It could even be about a movie or a comic book or just some hobby that we really enjoy. There are people that are super passionate about Star Wars. Having the passion is critical, but understanding the difference between an interest and passion is also important. So, when you have that level of passion about something, now you've got to take that next step and you've got to work hard to get to it. And in, in Kevin's situation, he thinks he's working hard. He's modeling what other people are doing. But first of all, I think you've got to really have an idea 
of where you want to go. And it's hard from his question for me to be able to answer specifically where he might be making mistakes. It's, it's more than just modeling or copying somebody, okay? Modeling is a good way to move towards your goal because why recreate the wheel if somebody's already created it for you? Follow the footsteps or the tracks of success but that doesn't mean to copy somebody identically. So now I don't know through the, you know, from this question if that's what he's doing. But when you say you're working hard, you've got to look at, at yourself and be honest and say, am I really working hard? Am I really putting the time into it? Michael Bloomberg, and this is in the book, Michael Bloomberg was fired from his job and decided that he was going to go out and start his own company and worked 10, 11, 12 hours a day, even though he wasn't employed by another. He did it for himself. He got up as early as he could, stayed up as late as he could, and he worked. And according to the interview in the book, he says, I did that because I didn't ever want to have anyone say to me, including himself, that he didn't work hard. And a lot of the people in the book also talk about the fact that first one's into the office, last one's out of the office. This isn't just something, this isn't like bragging rights, oh, I was here longer than you. This is about hard work. So I think that for Kevin, you know, you're first of all, you're probably on the right track. You're doing the right things. You're at least understanding that, that you've got a passion for something different, something other than what you're doing. And you want to pursue that. And I think that that's uh, a, a very important point to make, that you've got to be able to take that passion and then put in the time and the hard work and persistence. Now, we have uh, joining us the author of Getting There. I'm going to bring her on the line. Jillian, hi. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. So we were talking about your book, Getting There, and I was explaining to our listeners what the book is about and and my feelings about it. And I'm just going to summarize that for you so you know where we are. Okay. You know, the, book, the book to me really is um, a, a perfect, perfect book for somebody looking to get some insight into the lives of these successful people. And your book, I mean, is not lacking at all in successful people. You've interviewed some of the most influential people in the United States. And the book, the way that it's, it's written, it's so easy to get through. And it helps me sort of just focus in on the answers to the questions that I would want if I was sitting in front of these people. First of all, I think you did an excellent job with the book. Uh, well written, easy to get through but you can also extract so much from it. So, you know, kudos to you for a, a well-done job. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's it's all in the subject's own words. So um, every essay, it's about five or six pages in the subject's own words. So um, it, it's, it is easy to get through because it sort of feels like you're just having a casual but in-depth conversation with each person. Absolutely. And, you know, you, I almost felt like I was there with them. And, and the thoughts that I would have and the questions that I would want to have answers to, you you asked them. And um, I, I think it was a, a great, great job. Now, I and know our that, minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I know you've done a lot of interviews, and people have, have always asked you about the lessons that we can learn from these famous people. But before I get to that, I want to ask you about your own journey to getting there, because we can learn just as much from you as we can from the people that you interviewed. So um, my yeah. my. My understanding of your background is you, you went to school, you went to uh, Cardozo Law School, and you came out of law school and decided to become a photographer. How did that happen? You know what? I I kept thinking, uh, um, you know, am I going about planning my career in the, in the right way? And I knew I was pretty young in the game and that um, I should really sort of pause and think about things. And then I heard um, actually a commencement address at my alma mater at the University of Michigan, and it was given by Kathy Geiswhite, who is, um, she she had the comic strip Kathy. It's no longer in existence, but it was very popular back then. And she said something along the lines of that you should think back on all of the courses you took um, and, you know, make a make a list of those and that if you remember what you love um you'll be able to do anything you'll know who you are and you'll be able to do anything um and and basically that's that's a huge theme um you know in success it's it's doing something that you're passionate about because nothing is easy and um if you're passionate about what you're doing that is what gives you the fuel to really give it your all and get to the top. Um, if not, you're competing with a lot of other people who are passionate about whatever it is. Um, so I thought back on my uh, on, on the courses that I took at Michigan, and I loved my photography course, so I figured I would start there. And um, I, I took some courses at the International Center of Photography in New York, and then I did my first book, which was called New York Characters, um, and in that book, I photographed and interviewed people who were famous in their own little subculture of New York. And basically, um, it, it was it was you know an exploration of what makes New York such a special city. And my my thesis was it's the people. Um, so it's sort of like you know I I explored the human architecture of the city. Um, and anyway, one thing leads to another, and that's how everybody's you know path sort of evolves. And so my next book, um, Getting There, it's a lot more about the writing. I also photographed people, but mm-hmm. it's a lot more about um, what they had to say. I love the fact that there's photographs in there because it makes it easier to connect with somebody when you can look at them. It makes the whole experience feel more personal, like you said, how it, feel, it feels like you're with each person. Right. Um, but that's sort of how I got to where I am, I could go into more detail, <laughs> um, but I don't know how much time we have or how much detail you want me to get into. So, well, let me ask you this question because I think this is an important one to to sort of pull out from what you were saying. You went to law school, all right? Law school is not easy; it's not cheap, and most people go to law school coming out and they're going to be a lawyer. I think a lot of times people get caught in this rut of. Well, I trained to be an accountant, so that's what I have to be. I trained to be a lawyer, so that's what I have to be. But if you lack the passion, then you're going to have an unsuccessful life and career. I'd like to to talk to you for a second and, and have you give some advice to our listeners 
for people who are not passionate about what they've done, even though they've set themselves on that particular career path, how do you muster up the courage to say, I just spent four years, three years, whatever it might be in law school, all this money, all this study, and now I'm not going to do anything in the field. That, that takes a lot of courage because you knew that that wasn't your passion. What advice would you give to our listeners? Well, first of all, we'd, we live in the real world and people have real expenses out there and real responsibilities. So you can't, you know, be 100% idealistic and throw all of that out the window. It's easier to do when you're younger, when you don't have a family, when you don't own any apartment or, you know, whatever it is. It's, that's a lot easier. Um, but basically, I think that um, a lot of times, uh, and this is a theme in my book, but um, a lot of times the real risk is not taking a risk. And sometimes people are so worried about trying something new or they're so worried about, um, you know, that they've invested something in one place, they don't even want to acknowledge that it might not be the right path that they're on. Um, But if you never go for what you really want in life, the only thing for sure is that you will never get it. Um, You know, if, if you try for something and it doesn't work out, you'll probably be able to, you know, rejoin the workforce in some other capacity and move forward. But um but you know that so that's basically in my book. It's a book of leaders and all of them have gotten to where they are by taking risks. Um you know, and to various degrees. Um it's not a risk where they won't be able to feed their family. But um but by taking a risk where they might fail they might be embarrassed that they tried something and all their friends knew they were trying something and they and and it didn't work out. Uh, but they put that in perspective and say, all right, big deal. So if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Uh, but at least I want to try. Right. And that's that's the most important thing I think is is to you know to give things a try and and only give something a try if you're truly passionate about it because otherwise it probably won't work. Right. Yeah, and that's, you know, we had a question earlier in the show asked by um, by someone from, from York, Maine, and they were inquiring about how they should take this dream they have of building an online business and, and selling, writing and selling ebooks while they have this other full-time job that they're not passionate about, and they the question seemed to focus on the fact that they were modeling other people and that they were doing what other people were doing, but they weren't achieving that level of success. And one of the the key things that I pulled from that question is the fact that if you know you're not passionate doing what you're doing, even if you're not succeeding at this very moment, the um, I think the self-awareness that you're not passionate in your job, you're going to look for something that you are passionate in, I think that's a step in the right direction. You know, and yeah. like you said, if it doesn't work out, at least you've tried. But um, you know, I think that's important to note. It's yes, it's it's and it, that kind of runs across to other aspects of life. Like um, if you if you never ask somebody, if you're too afraid to ask someone on a date, you definitely won't date that person. <laughs> but right. if you ask, you know, so um, you just have to not be afraid of failure, and that that's like a huge theme in my book. 
Well, speaking about being afraid of failure, let's talk for a second about your courage, because that's what it takes. And I, I you know, people mince words. You went out and you contacted a ton of people. And the response, I think, is rather overwhelming. You were able to sit down with some of the busiest, most successful leaders in this country, and they made the time to talk to you. And I want to talk a little bit about your courage and your perseverance and your willingness to accept rejection. I mean, this is like the typical salesperson model where a good salesperson, you know, a door-to-door vacuum sales guy, accepts the fact that most people are going to reject him, but he keeps persevering. Let's talk about how you were able to get some of these people to be in your book. Um, I think I think you know you hit on something really key, and which is just the mindset. So I knew that I was I wanted to go for you know the A list, and I I got you know I got the A list. I have Warren Buffett, Michael Bloomberg, blah blah, you know, lot, yep. lots of people, thirty of them. Um, but when you know that you're setting out for something like that, you have to just realize number one, the lay of the land, which is that. All of these people are extremely hard to get to. They're extremely busy. And you will, you know, I knew that I would be rejected and ignored a lot. And that I, if I were to let that defeat me, then I wouldn't have a book. So right. um, basically I had to be like a door-to-door salesman and um, and just know that this is part of the process and... I'm going to be, instead of counting all my rejections, celebrating my victories. Um, Because at the end of the day, people look at my 30 subjects and think, wow, what a great list. They they don't ask for the long, long, long list of people who rejected me, and there were a lot of them. Um, And that's with any business. Warren Buffett, who's the most successful investor in history, he says there's a lot of opportunities he's missed out on. There's things he knew about but chose not to invest in that he should have. But at the end of the day, he has a really, you know, great list of companies that he has invested in and that's made him the most successful investor in history. So no one gets everything, you know, out there. Right. Um so basically, I was very um passionate about what I was doing, and that gave me the fuel. I was really excited about this book. I thought it would help me, and I thought it would help other people. And I also thought that um, all of the people I was contacting, the subjects, would be happy. I felt very you know, confident that if they said yes, they wouldn't regret it, that they would, right. that they would you know, I was going to treat them fairly. I was out to celebrate what they had to offer, not make them look bad in any way. Um, Anyway, so basically it required a lot of polite persistence. Um, And a friend of mine told me early on, don't take a no from somebody who can't give you a yes. And I remembered those words as I was going ahead um, because basically there are a lot of gatekeepers out there. And, you know, Busy people hire other people to to deal with things. You, you know, otherwise they couldn't they couldn't be um, 
the successes that they are if they had to deal with every little email and you know. So yep. there are a lot of gatekeepers out there no matter what you're going after. If you're if you're, you know, running a company and you're you're looking for investors, you're going to encounter gatekeepers. Whatever it is, if you're selling a product, you're going to encounter gatekeepers. Um so you have to get around these gatekeepers and basically um, when somebody's agent or publicist said no to me, I didn't really always take that as a real no. I knew that my target, the subject, the, the luminary who I wanted to interview, might not have even heard of this request or know I existed. Um, right. So basically, uh, I say, you know, if the front door's locked, try the side door. If that's locked, try the back door. If that's locked, try crawling in a window. And if that doesn't work, then try the front door again. You never know. Someone might answer. Um, and I'll give you a real example of this, which is from um, Frank Gehry, who is uh, an architect, and he's one of you know called one of the most important architects of our time. Um, he he's designed a lot of you know huge buildings if you google him um anyway he was one of the hardest people to get i sent um a request into his office um uh, twice and it was rejected both times and then a f- i found out that my friend's father's girlfriend knew him uh so she said that she would pass my request along and she passed my request along two separate times and it was ignored both times. She got basically no response and said, all right, well, because they're ignoring it, I think it means they're not interested. So then right. one day I thought, you know what, I'll just email his office again. This is like a year later, and and I'll see. And somehow, miraculously, I got a response for the email, and he said he would do it. So that's just an example <laughs> of the you know persistence um it, in, until i got a real no from somebody something that i perceived as a real no where i thought you know it seems like my my target has considered my request and decided not to do it i i didn't give up until the curtain closed and the, and right. that's like the time when i had to hand my my book in to the printer you know i think that lesson is so important to people in business because, you know, and even people in their personal lives, you are going to have people tell you no. And it doesn't mean that they think you're no good or that you can't do what it is you've set out to do. It's nothing personal. It's that they can't do it for their own reasons. And I think a lot of times in life, we see rejection as something personal. They said no, because Mm -hmm. they don't like me or they don't believe in what I want to do. And a lot of the people that you interviewed, they had experiences where, you know, like, like uh, Michael Bloomberg being fired from his job. And all of these, these people, they had a tremendous amount of what others would consider disappointment and difficulty, yet they had a different mindset than people that sit back and say, woe is me, these people don't like me. What did you learn yeah. from your interviews about that? I think that... Um that you really have to make your own opportunities in life is one thing. Um, you can't, you can't like kind of show what you've got and expect that if it's good, somebody is going to come and say, "Baby, I'm going to make you a star." You know, <laughs> right. that's a metaphor. But basically, 
Anderson Cooper, who's one of you know the most well-known journalists out there, um, with one of the most recognizable faces now. Well, he he wanted to be a journalist, and no one was letting him do it. No one saw him. They saw him um, as a fact checker because that's what he was doing when he started out. That was his first job. He was a fact checker, and he realized that people pigeonhole you uh, in whatever role you're in and that no one is going to come up and say, you've got what it takes, you'd be great on air, and, you know, whatever. So he basically, um, he created his own opportunity by going off into, you know, um, a kind of dangerous war zone and making a really interesting story. He he lived on $5 a day, and he slept on rooftops and in roast, Roach infested motels, and um, and then he came back and he sold the, his you know his show um, to this channel that made um, programming for high school students uh, at such a cheap price that it was you know bad, you know too hard for them to refuse, and that's how he launched his career. That's how he got people to see him as a as a journalist instead of a fact checker. Right. Um so so basically if if you were to um to get in one of these decision makers shoes you'd see how busy they are every day and how many requests come at them and how many things they have to do how many obligations they have how many decisions they have to make you if you got in the shoes of someone you you would know not to be offended if they said no to yours Right. You could it could have been a busy time. They could have been frustrated about something else, you know. Um anyway. You know, it it's really I think important for people to understand that if you want something badly enough, and that's where the idea of passion comes into play and it's so important. I think passion first and then the hard work to make that passion become reality. That's some of the main themes throughout your book and the people that you interviewed, a lot of times people think that just because they're successful now, they were either born into it or they were lucky. They don't really think that they worked so hard to get there. And the story that you just told about Anderson Cooper illustrates that hard work. Yes, absolutely. Not one of the people, you know, in my book had it easy. And I didn't pick anyone because they didn't have it easy. I picked people because of where they were. And it just so happens that nobody has it easy. Everybody has an inspirational story. Um, because that's just what life is like. You know, life uh, isn't isn't always easy. And, um, you know, you could have difficult times personally, or you could have difficult times that have to do with your career. And they both sort of seep into you know into each other um so so you know the people um the 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 most common characteristic of everybody in my book is um a determination and a resilience because inevitably they'll be knocked down every we will all be you know knocked down with this or that it, like I said, personal things happen, people you know experience loss in life or there could be, you know, a natural disaster or you lose your job. Whatever it is, 
um, the people in my book are where they are because even after being, you know, whacked on the head, um, they found a way to get up and try again or try something new. Um, but it all comes down to their, you know, resilience and determination. I think that um, a lot of times people believe that the ability to bounce back from things, the ability to to be positive in the way you think is something that is, um, you know, sort of born in you. And I don't think that people understand that those sorts of skills can be learned. I mean, you're not just born a salesman. I know that people say you're a natural born salesman, but I think people have to learn to handle rejection and move on. And, I, and what do you think about that? When The people that you talk to, do you think that they were just born with this ability to be resilient, or do you think that it was a learned skill? No, I, th- I don't think you're – I mean, I think that you're definitely born with different natural tendencies, but I think if I didn't think you could learn this kind of a thing, I wouldn't write my book, because then what's the point? You either have it or right. you don't. You know. So I definitely think – people can learn and people can change and um and I think you know one one big thing is um to to like I've said you know earlier to do something that you're passionate but war uh, passionate about but um Warren Buffett takes this idea one step further and he also says um that you should pursue something that's within what he calls your sphere of competence mm-hmm. and um and we all have different strengths and weaknesses um and you need to know what to leave out. You know, that's as important as knowing what to leave in. Um so he's good at what he does, but he wouldn't be so good at what the artist Jeff Koons does or the or Jillian Michaels who runs a health and wellness empire, you know, she's really good at that and Warren Buffett wouldn't be. So, um I think that they're all doing something um, that they truly are passionate about, and that's what allows them to be, you know, to to have all of this resilience. Um, and and yeah, it's not easy for anyone. So an example is Gary Hirschberg, who founded um, Stonyfield Farms, the right. the organic yogurt company. When he started, no one knew what organic meant. They thought he was some, you know, hippie in that um, that organic meant it had dirt in it, and they didn't understand why anyone would want organic or pay more for it. And it took um, his company nine years to make its first nickel, if you could believe that. But he was so passionate about what he was doing. He really believed in it that he just, you know, kept trying and overcame these obstacles because he knew that um, – you know, eventually people would realize it, and he was right. Yeah, and look where we are today with that. Everyone wants organic, and that's because he had this vision. Uh, you know, one of the things I want to touch on that I think can um, can can help people understand, and something that I believe, I believe that some of these people, especially, you know, talking about Warren Buffett and going into what it is that you're good at, I think it requires a lot of honesty with yourself where you can actually sit down with yourself and say, listen, I know that I am not good at this, this, or this, but I am good at this, and that's where I'm going to focus. Did you experience that from these people? 
Definitely. It can be it can be a painful process. An example of that is um the person who is now dean of Harvard Business School, his name is Nitin Noria, and um he grew up in India and the you know, the thing there back then, um when he was growing up his and it's not like he's so old but um but anyway his his parents and you know people in in the middle class wanted their kids to be doctors or engineers so he was sort of on the engineering track and he went to school for that and he would look around and he would um see you know th- people doing calculations in their sleep that he couldn't do no matter how hard he tried and he just realized that like he he was okay but he was never going to really excel as an engineer so he says this was one of the biggest gifts it was painful because it was what he was going after but um he realized that he would do better in in less technical fields and he saw the lives of his professors and thought maybe he would like to do that and it took him a long time to even allow himself to do this because he thought I want to do real work and he didn't think that being a you know an academic was real work and somewhere somebody said to him it is it's just a different kind of work but this is real work and so he allowed himself to to switch paths, and um, and now he is at the very top of his field. He's the dean of Harvard Business School. So, um, you know that that's one example of somebody who went through a process of of getting to know himself, and it was painful. And you know he, he had been raised to think he should do something, uh, but meanwhile, when he changed careers, his parents were thrilled for him. Right. right. And I think that that's such a, a good lesson to learn because this idea of being honest with yourself, it goes back to what we said at the top of, 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 um, of the discussion. You knew that you didn't have that passion for, for law and wanted to do something else. That required a level of honesty with yourself because I'm sure you had people in your lives or in your life telling you, well, you just spent all this time. Why don't you want to go pursue that field? And I'm sure that a lot of successful people have had to deal with that, where they've said, you know what, I understand that that's what you think is good for me, but I know what I'm good at and what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, another thing I think that's important for people to know is that careers have chapters and that you don't need to be pigeonholed. So just because you're you're doing one thing doesn't mean that that's the way you have to do it for the rest of your life or that's what you have to do for the rest of your life. Um, and a lot of people, you know, change directions um, and branch out into different things. Um, so, yeah, so, you, so you know, that's just another thing to remember. Like, you, you don't have to limit yourself. Um and and a lot of people sort of feel like they do or they're on a they're on a track and that they should be on a track. Um uh, an example of that is uh Jillian Michaels who I spoke about before. She's um she now runs a health and wellness empire. Um but she only got on her path uh she was actually being a talent agent <laughs> earlier in her life and then she got fired from that job 
and um and that and she decided to do something that she loved um but that she didn't think was a real career earlier. She did, she went, she felt sort of bad about herself saying she was a trainer, but then right. she allowed herself to do what she loved. And I think when you do something that you love, there's no end to what you can produce out of it. Um so you can be an entrepreneur uh you know of anything pretty much. You can take any interest and do something entrepreneurial with it and build something big with it. But the starting point has to be something you're interested in truly. And if you're not, you're not going to want to put the time in. You're not going to be able to look past the negativity that you're inevitably going to receive from from people. And uh, and then you'll fail. So I think that that is a a good point to, to illustrate you know, and I just another go ahead. oh go oh no, no an, go another huge point is that um everybody in my book they're all leaders and leaders think for themselves so they all look around and think okay just because something has been done this way for years doesn't mean it's the best way and doesn't mean that another way won't work um so that's they they all like you know are innovators. But um, you don't need to be an innovator in a huge way. You don't need to reinvent something as big as the Internet. But you can just do something um, with, with you know, a different twist. Um, you know, and que- questioning is really important for growth and innovation. I think that's a very good point, and I think that that might help answer um, the question that Kevin from York, Maine, submitted about him modeling other people. I think modeling is a good thing because, like you said, why recreate the wheel? But don't be so stuck in copying other people because if you're passionate about something, you might find a new way, a better way, or something that works better for you as opposed to just copying other people. Yes, yes. And and that's the way we do it. It isn't, you know, that's the way it's done. Isn't, isn't, um, something that anyone in my book thinks. They think, all right, how could how could that be improved upon or should it be done that way? Um, so, yes. You know, that's it's absolutely true, and I think that that's a very good lesson that we can learn from the book. You know, you, you think about this idea of evolution and technology growing, questioning what we'd be doing, you know, or, or what we're doing now. We'd still be walking around with those giant handheld cell phones as opposed yeah. to what we have, and it's all about innovation and questioning. And that's one of the key focuses uh, of the book, that all of these leaders that you interviewed questioned and pushed beyond what the bounds were when they originally you know, started on their path. And I think that's a great lesson. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes it doesn't work. That's where the failure comes in. It, it, not everything, you know, not everything works, but um, but if you don't try it, you don't get it. That's right. Jillian, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on today. Uh, the book is really, and I'm not just saying this because you're on, there are a lot of books that I, I review or people that I speak with, and I really don't feel it. I feel it from your book. I think that it is well written. I think that it really hits home. It's easy to read, but yet you can get so much insight into some of these leaders' lives. So I really, really do appreciate uh, the book. It's available on Amazon. We're going to have links on our show notes for those of you out there who want to pick up a copy of the book. But I would definitely recommend it because I learned a lot 
uh, from reading it. And I'm sure that you, Julian, probably learned a ton from actually sitting down with these people. Oh, my God. I learned a ton. But basically, um, what I learned, you could learn from the book. Because the essays sort of feel like you were in the room with us for the conversation, like I said, because they're in the subject's own words, and they're pretty, um, pretty engaging. Yes. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. It's just this intimacy that you get from the book where I don't feel like I'm, I'm just reading a magazine article. I feel like I'm actually there, and they're you know, explaining their story to me, and it's a very personal. You've got these people to really open up and be very personal with you and tell you stories yeah. that you haven't seen elsewhere. You know, I'll t- I can tell you about the process that I, I really did ask them to sort of tell me about their lowest lows and the lessons they learned from from those episodes and from their journey in general. Um, and what I did was I, I asked people to just really open up, and I said, I'm going to write this up, and then I'm going to give it back to you for your approval. And if you don't like it, we don't need to keep anything in it. Um, but I wanted them to start with, you know, bearing it all as much as, and then they could always take it back. And pretty much almost nobody took anything back. Um, because once they, once I handed them the essay back, they realized that, you know, um, I I was safe. I wasn't right. going to twist it or make weird juxtapositions or put words in anyone's mouth or um it, you know, so I gave it to them and said, are you happy with how you come across? Is there anything you'd like to add or change or, you know, let me know. So it was a well, very friendly did, process. And it comes across that way in the book, and I think it, it was just, you did an excellent job. So congratulations Thank on the book. you. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thanks, Jillian. Good luck with the book, and uh, I'd like to have you on in the future and, and talk about, you know, what your next projects are, because we're excited to see Great. Okay. I'll I will get back in touch. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. So we just talked to to um a Jillian Zoe Siegel about her new book Getting There and and what I said uh to her, I really mean. I think the book is a very well-written, easy to read book that has a ton of information. I learned so much about some of these people that she interviewed and again, we're talking about 30 heavy hitters in um, in our world today. And and just to give you an idea, again, we'll go back. We've got Warren Buffett, Kathy Ireland, um, you know, Graydon Carter. Uh, we, we have uh, Jeff Koons, uh, Michael Bloomberg, Hans Zimmer, uh, the composer, Jillian Michaels, Sarah Blakely, uh, Gary Hershenberg, and just a ton of top-level A-listers who have made significant successes out of their lives for themselves. And she sat down with them and really, like she said in our interview, she asked them their highest highs, their lowest lows, and it comes across as a very personal story, something that we can all relate to and that we can all extract something from. So uh, really a great job on the book. And like I said, we're going to have links on our show notes and on utlradio.com where you can uh, check out the book if you're interested in it. Now, I just want to conclude today by answering one more question, and I think that the question is very uh, important because it's going to illustrate some of the things that we talked to Jillian about today and some of the, the things that are in her book. This is a question that was submitted by Kelly uh, from Milford, Connecticut. 
She's a stay-at-home mom, and she's trying to start an online business. But her friends keep telling her that she doesn't have the time. What should she do? And we talked to, to Jillian about what she learned from these leaders. And one of the lessons is to be honest with yourself and to persevere and to not let other people influence your decisions, especially when they're handicapping or pigeonholing you. You know, Kelly, you may be a stay-at-home mom, but that doesn't mean that you can't create this business, this online business that you want to start. Um, And apparently the online business is for moms. So while I don't know the specifics of it, you have expertise because you are a mom. And so don't let your friends or family or anyone limit what you can do. If you're passionate about something and you believe that you can do it and you're willing to put the time in, because let's face it, being a mom is not easy. It is a 24-7 commitment. So for you to want to take the time, to find the time in your life, to go ahead and, and start a business, I don't think you should listen to anyone who tells you, don't do it, you don't have the time, this isn't for you. Those are people that don't know you, and we've talked on this show before about the importance of knowing yourself and being honest with yourself. And this is one of those times where you have to persevere, push forward, and and go for it. Because if you don't, as Jillian said, you know, if you don't try, you're never going to succeed. So if you're looking for you know, guidance and inspiration, you're better off in some instances, and in, in particular this one, where you've got people telling you don't do it, you're better off picking up books, looking at, uh, uh, at podcasts and interviews, and pulling from that the positive energy that you need to be able to energize and motivate yourself, because we all deal with situations in life where we want to do something. And we're on the fence and we're unsure. We've got that passion. We really want it. But we want some sort of support or justification from other people. And oftentimes we don't find it because sometimes, even unknowingly, friends and family may have jealousy. They may not believe in what you're doing. They may not believe in you, although they love you. Only you know what you are capable of doing. And so I think sometimes we get so caught up in looking for that, that, that external force to justify what we want to do that we handicap ourselves and say, I can't do it. And you go back and you say, but nobody else supported me, and that's why I can't do it. You have to push past that. And the stories, the, the interviews, the um, explanations in Jillian's book, Getting There, or books like that, I think can help motivate you to compartmentalize that negativity, compartmentalize those people's opinions, because that's all it is, is an opinion, and push forward with your own passion. So, Kelly, do not stop. Do not give up. Do not listen to people who say you're a stay-at-home mom and you're too busy. You know what you can do. You know how you can make this happen. And you know you know, what you're capable of and don't let anybody tell you differently. So that's a a very important point to make. And I hope that books like Getting There or some of these uh, these other books and, and our show, for example, I hope that they inspire you and motivate you to keep moving forward 
at all costs. You know, one other point I want to make is what, what Jillian was saying about um, the idea of being rejected. She has a book of 30 people, 30 A-list top-notch leaders today, whether they are uh, media or investing or, you know, whatever it is, music, uh, health and fitness. She reached out to these people, and she was able to gather 30 people to sit down with and interview them. But what she said is that you didn't ask her, you don't see, you don't know about all of the people that she contacted where she received a rejection. And that didn't stop her. I mean, the, the lesson in, in Jillian's book is twofold. It's the lessons that we can learn from the people she interviewed, but also the lessons we can learn from her in writing the book. Because she put herself out there, contacted people, asked for FaceTime to interview them, and a lot of them said no, but that didn't stop her from writing the book. We wouldn't have the book if she just accepted the fact that, oh, well, the first 10 people, 15 people, 30 people I contacted, they weren't interested. If she had reached that point and given up, we wouldn't have the book. So there's so much that we can learn from the uh, story of getting there and her actually, actual getting to getting there if that makes sense. And I want that to motivate you, and I want that to help guide you in your decisions and help you understand that just because things aren't going your way right now, just because people are telling you no, just because you've gone out and you've tried to get new clients, new customers, and they've said no, they're not interested in you, I think that as long as you are honest with yourself and willing to accept feedback, not necessarily advice, but feedback, quality feedback, where you can say, all right, listen, is the reason that these people aren't choosing me because of my product or service, is it something that I can go out and get some honest feedback about and say, all right, why don't you like this product? Oh, I see. A lot of people are complaining about its ease of use. So let's me to that product. But that all comes back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago, honesty with yourself and, and willingness to accept criticism, but constructive criticism and be able to compartmentalize the naysayers and understand that they don't have any impact or influence over you. And so I think this book really ties up a lot of the topics that we have been talking about over the last few weeks with our guests working hard, clearly, is a key to success. And it's one of these old school things where I think everybody today is looking for that, that shortcut, that what's the magic pill that I can take to bring me success? What's the magic pill where I can go online, create a website, and automatically have passive income where I'm making a million dollars a year? There is no magic pill. It is old school, what your grandparents told you, nose to the grindstone hard work. There's no, there's no substitute. If you're not going to work hard, you're not going to succeed. And working hard and working with passion, they go hand in hand. You cannot work hard if you don't have passion. You can, you can but you're not going to succeed. I mean, if you hate what you're doing and you keep working and working working at it, you're not, where are you going to go with it? You're just there to do your job. So being passionate working hard are critical. I think that 
beyond that, we tie in the fact with honesty and self-reflection and the idea that you have to understand people's opinions of you don't matter, regardless of who it is, family, friends, only your opinion of yourself matters. And you can't develop that opinion of yourself based upon others. Haven't there been times in your life when you've done something that you're proud of, but maybe you don't even share it with somebody else because you don't need them to validate you. You're proud of you because you set a goal or an expectation for yourself and you achieved it. And that's what I think we learned from getting there and from a lot of these, these interviews. These are people who were told, you can't do it. This won't work. So what? Who are these people telling you that? And another great lesson to learn is that no matter how old, no matter how stuck you've been in one career or profession, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to make a decision. And I think what was interesting about our discussion with Jillian is the fact that she went to law school. And it is, it's a massive commitment, going to law school. And most people come out of law school and they want to go into the legal profession. But she knew wait a minute, I don't, I, I, yes, I spent three years here, but I don't have the passion for it. And she went out and became a photographer. Complete opposite end of the spectrum from this logical, analytical sort of position as, as a lawyer, all the way over to the artistic end of being a photographer. Completely different. But if she didn't do that, I think that she would have struggled with success and would not have been able to get to the point where she is today. Uh, and, and that point is having published two successful books and this being her new one where we learn so much from what she's, she's done and the people that she's talked to. So hopefully this session today, this, this show today and our interview with her uh, sort of wraps up some of these topics that we've been talking about over the last few weeks and I really, really, truly hope that if you're lacking that confidence in yourself, that motivation, if you're afraid that you listen to our shows and shows like ours and you pick up books and you look for that, that positive motivation, you push forward because the worst thing ever is to you know, end up dying at the end of your life with regret. And that what if, what if I had done this? What if I had taken this chance? And I think that that's the, the, probably one of the worst things that you can do. So take your shot, take your chance, go do what you believe you can do. Go do what you believe in. Yesterday, we had an interview on our brand new show um, uh, on another note and, um, or in, on a different note, I should say, with, a modern-day troubadour, right, with, with um, Nate. And, and Nate was telling us about his experience in the music industry and how he managed to stay true to his own values and beliefs. And that was really, for me, a very motivational um, lesson that we learned. It was a really, really good interview, and it made me think about our own abilities to push past what people have set for us as limitations. So if you're interested in, in, in hearing that interview with Nate, 
Um, it's it's the 7-8, July 8th interview with Nate Maingard. It's on utlradio.com. But it was very inspiring because he talked about not selling out and believing in his vision and how he makes his living through people who just contribute to him. He's giving away his music. You can go download his music everywhere on the Internet. It's free. Um, and he, he survives and exists from patrons. And, and that makes him this modern-day troubadour. But it's very, very fascinating, very interesting. And it illustrates this idea of don't just fit into that little box that people want to put you in. Don't do things just because that's the way it was done. Question and move forward and, and persevere and know you're going to have people that are negative but put it into context and just do it. You know, I, I can't say it better than that. Surround yourself with positivity. Surround yourself with books and music and podcasts and people who can help push you. Even if you don't believe everything they say, if you get a little bit, a little bit of motivation, a little bit of push, a little bit of education from what you're watching or listening to, it is going to help you in the long run. You know, I know, for example, a lot of people make fun of uh, Tony Robbins and, and some of his programs. And, you know, I think as intellectual beings, we're able to see that Tony Robbins is a business person. He's making a lot or has made a lot of money doing what he does. But that doesn't take away from the fact that we can learn something from people like him. We can learn from his stories. We can learn from some of his products. And I'm not encouraging you to go out and spend money on it. I'm just suggesting that every positive element, person, book, everything that's out there, we can learn something from. And that's why it's never a good idea to just sit back and stop learning. You know, constantly learn. You don't need to go to formal school. You don't need to go to college to be a success. We've, we've seen that from so many of the people that we've interviewed. You know, you just don't need that. What you need is this desire to learn, to move forward, to see what works, what doesn't work, and push through fear and doubt and, and understand that rejection isn't about you it's about other people's beliefs and behaviors, not about you. And that was just very well illustrated, I think, in Jillian's book, Getting There, and her process of writing uh, this wonderful book. So that's going to do it. Thanks for joining me. Um, I, I can't say enough about all of the comments and feedback and commentary that we've received. And thank you uh, to Kelly and to Kevin, who submitted questions for today's show. This has to be, you know, an open dialogue between me and you, the audience. I want you to learn from what we're doing. As we're doing this, I'm learning, too. I'm learning what you need, what sort of information that you would like to see, how to make things better for you, how to give you better content. And your feedback is invaluable. I thank you for it. I thank you for um, new, new subscribers, for people who are downloading the episodes, who are subscribing on YouTube who have visited the new utlradio.com. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it, and, and, and I hope that you are enjoying this as much as I am enjoying 
doing it for you. So I want to thank you for that. All right, that's going to do it. Next week, we'll be back with our Monday show, Business and Legal Week in Review, with my co-host, Bob Hughes. And then we're back Tuesday with Business Legal Q&A. And then on a different note, our new music, Business and Law show on Wednesday. So check that out. All of the updates and uh, scheduling will be on utlradio.com, as well as prior episodes of the show. And um, you can download it from there. We'll also throw up a link to Jillian Siegel's new book, Getting There, so that if you're interested in it, you can, uh, you can grab a copy. All right, everybody have a great day. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. And remember, remember that there's power in understanding the law. Mm-hmm.